Peace, everybody. How's everybody doing out there? This is yours, Truly Supreme Cypher, and this is The Daily Bell. All week long, we've been doing nothing but real big interviews, and today is no different. We got someone that's really here with us that's going to just, you know, she represents the aura of black power, of black girl power. She's just an awesome individual, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna chime in with her a little later on. But right now, let me jump into my monologue. And let's talk about what's happening today. So, it it looks like um, from what the from what the reports have been is that um, they letting this guy Comey they're going to be allowed to read his memos. So that could be something that could really get to uh, number forty five. Maybe that could be the process that we need to start. You know, maybe impeaching number forty five. You know. Um, I don't know. Time is going to tell. We're going to, you know, just, you know, just try to keep up to date and, you know, and see what's happening with that. Um, he's all, I mean, number 45, he's got a host of things going on. He's got the Stormy Daniels thing. He's got, he's got everything under the sun happening right now. So hopefully one of these situations is going to be the situation that we get rid of 45. It's time for him to go. He got to go. He got to. Let's jump into the sports situation. You know, the Mets looked good last night. Big big eighth inning, nine runs in the eighth. Don't get no better than that. I think they should definitely be moving up on the on the power ratings. Mets look real good right now. A strong 13-4. and four. I've said this before, but pretty much in any sport, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be, to have the best record, but it's also good when you got a good record and you got a good, strong team. And right now, the Mets looking real good and strong. Um, the Giants got rid of that wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. You know, it's time for him to go. He's getting old. He's got to go. It's time for us to go out there and get Des Bryant. It's time for us to pick up Shaquan Bartley in the draft. It's time for us to bring back a championship. Giants all the way. I think that, I think that this may be the year, as long as they do the right thing at the draft. Um... We want to send our condolences out from the Daily Bill to Coach Popovich, Greg Popovich, from San Antonio Spurs. His wife passed away um, the other day. Um, you know, really heartfelt, real good coach, real good guy. Um, and our prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, I want to I want to thank everybody for sending their love and their condolences out to me and my family from the passing of my father. We really appreciate the love for that. Um, the Knicks are looking, still got head coach dreams. They, they they talking about Kenny Smith, you know, Mark Jackson, Stackhouse, David Black. I got to pick the right one, and I'm convinced that it's, it's Mark Jackson. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that it's Mark Jackson. We got a few games going on tonight. We got the Mets versus Atlanta in baseball. Also, the Yankees are playing Toronto. Uh, the Warriors playing the Spurs in the NBA playoffs. The Warriors are up 2 nothing. The Warriors win this. It's over with for the Spurs. 76ers in the heat. You know, we also got Portland and New Orleans. You know, all of us pretty good series. They're looking real good. As far as hockey is concerned, we got Boston going up against Toronto and Washington versus the Blue Jackets. This is the Daily Bill with Supreme Cypher. And now we want to get to the prime of the show. We got a young lady coming out of Newburgh, 
She's a community activist. She's a model. She's a creative director. She 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 just excurts black power, black girl power. I want ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give it up for for Newberg's own Candace Nichols, aka Candace Sai. How you doing, Candace? That's great. That's great. It's good to have you on the show. It's good to have you here. Um, it, it is. It's really an honor. It's really an honor, and uh, for taking time out of your day to to spend with the Daily Bell, we definitely appreciate it. So let's dive right in. So let's dive right in. What's going on with you? What's you know? What is what's what's Candace doing right now? What's what's new with you? Right now, right now, or is it like my my career life? Getting your career right. Oh mm-hmm. uh, well, I'm about to release my second book. Um, it's called Life Goes On Two. Mm-hmm. Um, next Saturday, well, I'm gonna promote in this party up in um like where I live at in Marlboro, New York. It's called uh, the Experience. Is the day part, and then the night part is called a party in the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, during the day part, I will be catering the event. I also do a little bit of cooking, um, and it's called Wings and Things. Um, and then mm-hmm. I'm also working on some music coming out. So it's, it's a lot. It's a couple of things going on. But, that's what that's, yeah. so that's awesome. That's what's up. Now, how, now, being able to mix all that together, how are you able to mix all that together? Um, some things happen. Like, some things just fall into place, and some things are definitely planned. Um, I think I went with things that I was passionate about and then event planning and stuff like that. It just came together. My friends are really involved and active, but we just kind of, you know, if we were going to throw parties, we might as well throw parties and create something that's meaningful. So the experience was something that my friend has a fashion line mm-hmm. and she wanted to, and I'm in, I'm big in the community and we wanted to figure out how we can get all the artists in our community involved. So we said, hey, why don't we just throw an event? You launch your fashion line on other front raps. He just dropped his single on work, um, his video coming out on Warstar. So, you know, and then I just, my two books are, well, my first book is already out. My second book is dropping. I also cook. Like, let's just get everybody together. So I think passion and planning definitely helps. Okay, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Um, Talk to us about what's your passion. I think my passion is. I guess doing, doing what makes me happy, like everything that makes me happy. I love kids, so I babysit from time to time. I tutor. Um, I love our work in summer camp. I just love helping people, giving back. Um, I like to cook, so I cook up some things. I like to write. I love to write. I love to write. I love to read. So, you know, why not write and do poetry and stuff like that? Um, I like to perform, so you know, why not make music? I just, um, you know, whatever makes me happy and whatever I enjoy, I really enjoy. I try to do it, and then I also try to figure out a way to, like, you know, make money behind it, too. Okay, awesome. That's awesome. So talk to us about this new book that you got going out here. Uh, Life Goes On too. Mm. So a year ago... I wrote Life Goes On, and I honestly, well, I didn't even write it a year ago. I just released it a year ago. I wrote it when I was, like, 19, 18, mm-hmm. and um, it started off as a journal. 
I just basically was going through a rough time, like one of the roughest times I, anybody, well, well, I could go through at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was just right to myself. Like every day when I woke up in the morning, I was just right to myself. Um, whenever I felt like that, I would just carry around a green notebook and I would just sit down at a bench or something and I would just write some words of encouragement or write what I needed to get off my chest and inform my poetry. So I read it to my friend one day and she was just like, you know, why don't you make this a book? And I was like, oh, no. Because, you know, sometimes when you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. you don't want people seeing that. Like, but then I, I read it um, when I came back home. I read it and I was just like, oh, wow, this is kind of deep. Like, sometimes you go through your life and you just do that patch and you read and you go back and you like, wow, I was really going through it. Like, so I was like, I can, I, I'm going to make this a book. So I, I typed everything up. I split everything in two, and this is just the second part of the first life goes on. And, um, yeah, and it's, it's basically it's encouragement. Everybody needs that friend. Like, that friend you call at 3 a.m. in the morning, and you're going through it, you're crying, or, you know, whatever's going on. And sometimes you just need to look over and just like, oh, okay, I can get through it. And I definitely believe life goes on is one of those books that will definitely propel you. something when it came to writing your book when you when you when you realize like wow people are really interested but in what i got to say you know how did that make you feel um it made me feel like personal i guess you could say mm-hmm. um like you know like whenever i do something i try to make sure that it helps and it benefits somebody in some type of way Mm-hmm. And I just, I am that friend. I would say that you can call and I will give you advice and I will listen and I will be there for you no matter what. And I feel like when I wrote the book, a lot of my friends were saying that, you know, like, I can't wait to read it. I feel like there's going to be so much, you know, wisdom and stuff in there. I also have an old soul. So, like, I'm like the mom of the group sometimes, even though I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it kind of made me so like, oh, okay, this is great. Like that's how I feel. Like this is great. This is good. And also, thank you. That's, that's you know, that's a great feeling. It, it must be a real great feeling to be able to um, affect others and to see that your your struggles and your scars are someone else's strength. Absolutely. How, how does that make you feel to know that? Um, I feel like that's pretty deep. Because I feel one of my models is, well, obviously, life goes on. But also, um, that you never know what anybody in life is going through. Mm. Like, that's, that's my biggest thing. Like, even though I was going through, that was probably one of the roughest patches of my life. I know people who, my friends, I, my very friends have went through worse and are still fighting and still, I talk about that in my book. Like, there's a lot of questions I have out there and I feel like a lot of people have. And it kind of eats at you every day. It's like, you know, what is the point? So... Uh, to tie it all together, you never know what anybody's going through, and that's how I live my life. I just, I'm just a nice person, so it's kind of natural, I guess you could say. Like it's natural for my friends to feel like, oh, okay, you know, I have a problem, I'm gonna call Candace. Right? 
Awesome. That's awesome. I know. I know personally for me that you know going through when my father passed away. You know, going through, I had to really dig down deep and, and really understand just that just that blanket statement. Life goes on. I really had to dig down deep for myself to believe that. And, and when I did, you know, you know, that's when you really truly start to to get up and start to move on. You really be able to tap into your own personal, you know, inner strength, you know. So I guess with that being said, what is what is your strength? What do you cling on? What makes you strong or get up every day? Hmm. Well, my strength, I guess it has to be my faith. Um, my mom is a minister, and mm-hmm. my father is a deacon, and I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist church and a uh, regular, like, you know, Sunday church and Adventist church. So I was going to church every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And I feel like I've developed a relationship with God mm-hmm. to the point where I know that he's not going to let me go through anything that I can't bear. I know he's not going to put too much on me. I know that he loves me. I know that he cares for me. I know that he's going to give me tests and trials because anything that he puts in my way, I'm strong enough to get through it. I just have to have faith. And sometimes we just have to believe that, like, it's just a walk with you and God, to be honest. Um, and I think that's why we're given our goals. That's why we're given our dreams and our aspirations because you got to want something. You got to fight for something because it's not, you know, like Michael, Michael X said, you're going for anything. And that's the thing. I feel like it's my faith in God that he has a purpose and a plan for my life and I'm strong enough to get through anything to get there. Awesomely said. I couldn't have said it any better. This is the Daily Bill with Supreme Cypher, and we're sitting here having a conversation with Candace Nichols from Newburgh. Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, she's she's I believe that she could be a poster child for black girl magic. So let's dig back into, you know, um Candace right now. Um and talk to us about we're gonna move a little forward and we're gonna talk to us about uh modeling. I know we had our conversation. You said you've only been doing it for a few years, but tell wow. the view, tell the viewers out there, what, you know, you know, what has been your struggle when it comes to modeling? It's funny because we were talking about this when you first um, picked me up, and I was like, "Wow, model!" I was surprised to even be called a model because mm-hmm. um, I'm not like with an agency or anything like that. It's not anything like like to me. It wasn't that serious, but. I think with taking pictures and getting out there and knowing people, definitely networking, mm-hmm. like a photographer and an amazing vision goes a long way. Right. So modeling to me, and I, I really didn't think of myself as, oh yeah, I'm really going to get older and take pictures and stuff. Like, I really shy away from the camera um, most of the time. So when I'm in that mode, is basically my, I think my biggest struggle would be like accepting the fact that, you know, I guess, yeah, accepting it. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm, before I get in front of the camera, it's kind of like, wow, I'm really about to take pictures. Like, that's really how I, how I look at it. And then when the camera comes on, it's like, okay, well, now own it. Okay. So it's definitely confidence and, confidence and accepting it. That was funny that you said confidence. Um, cause we gonna, we gonna dig into that. But before we do, when you were just speaking about, you know, you not, you shine away from the camera. Uh, my assistant and a couple other people here that 
were actually looking at your pictures, you know, they all just look with amazement. Like, you know, we're surprised when, you know, you, you seem to capture your pictures so well. Have you been told that before? Is this something that you just do naturally or is it something that you, you know, had to learn? here at the studio um, at the sanctuary um, a couple of days ago and we were talking about um, you know the love of a dark skin dark skin woman um, where did it come from because you know uh, a while back uh, you know dark skinned women weren't considered to be as beautiful as they considered now how do you embrace that and how do you exhort that confidence that you have? Um, this is probably one of my favorite questions because my sister, if you've ever seen her or met her, my sister is light skin, like light as light as they come. Like I'm she likes to completely cold salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. So growing up with her, I never really realized that there was a stigma against dark skinned women. I I'm not gonna front until I went to Howard. That's what I was like, oh, this is how this nice thing, dark skin thing is really a thing. Because when I was growing up, I mean, my sister had her, you know, her boys, I, like, it was never like, oh, I never felt like there was ever inequality, ever, ever. Like, as much as they had the dark skin girl jokes, because, you know, little kids can be both good. So, you know, there was like, you know, the joke, and then they would have the same one for light skin. Like, people have called my sister banana, like, light bright, like, all types of things. So it was kind of like, I just, honestly, I really felt I had a, a high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So, it was, I think it's in the same. Like, you have to know that you're beautiful no matter what. Like, I don't think that dark, I don't think that dark-skinned women, any type of woman should sit there and look to anybody else to validate their beauty. Because, one, we all look different. Like, we all look different. Unless you have a twin, we all look different. Mm-hmm. So, there is no one type of standard of beauty because what does that even mean? 
Like, you would have to literally create a whole race to fit that standard type of beauty, and that's just not possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody has to accept, like, like I said, accepting, like, you are who you are. And if you see yourself as beautiful, then other people will see you as beautiful, too. That's how I felt. Like, that whole dark skin life thing, like I said, I felt like, I felt, I felt beautiful my whole life. Like, I mean, there are some times, don't get me wrong, where, you know, girls have a history, like, oh, no, I don't look good today, blah, blah. But as far as to not think that I was a beautiful human being, no, never. Just because my sister was like then, no. It's, it's a self-love thing. Okay. All right. I understand that. That's well said. You know, um, it's definitely noted. Um... Tell us what uh, black girl magic means to you. Black girl magic means to me that, well, magic magic to me is mysterious, and I feel like if it means to me that there's only one, like, one specific type of, of power, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. if we have black girl magic, then that means other people don't. To me, that's how I think of it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a secret among others, and it's obviously a secret within ourselves. I feel like if more black girls were aware of the magic that they actually had and and could use and to and to build with each other, if black women came together, black girls came together, and actually planned and executed all those plans, we would be uh on we be magic. This is the Daily Bell, and I'm your host, Supreme Cypher. We're here at the Sanctuary. We got Candace Nichols on the phone here. She's you know, she's out of Newburgh. She's doing a lot of big things. Um, talk about um, talk about you being a, a community activist. I know when me and you spoke before, you, you, know, you really chimed in on the things that you love to do for your community. So won't you tell the viewers out there you know, what's going on in Newburgh and what are you doing, you know, as a human being to improve your community? So this is so interesting that this actually came up because today was actually the funeral for our mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, she passed away and, um, and today was a memorial service for her. Um, so that's going to be a big major shift in the political realm. I would say, because you have to figure out who's going to be the next, who's going to fill out her next term, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, right now, obviously, you know, the funeral just happened, so I'm just, you know, waiting to see what happens or whatever. But, um, also, we have a superintendent hearing um, coming up, so we're ready to re-elect the new, um, you know, the Board of Elections for Education. I'm excited for that. I'm, I might work on that, um, for as well. But as far as the community, it's summertime. I love summertime in my city because everything, everybody comes out. Everybody comes out. The community, all the events for the kids, ice cream, ice beans, um, concerts, movie nights outside in our park. It's called, it's called Downing Park. It's really pretty. Um, the artists come out with their music videos, the shows, the concerts. A lot of promoters from out here are bringing up a lot of big names. Like Casanova is performing tomorrow. Um, at, well, yeah, tomorrow at, um, down by our river. So, um, Jay Critch is coming tomorrow, too. So it's like, we got names, big names coming to our city. It just gets better every year. And I feel like community involvement is so important because it really does help with the crime rate. Like, 
kids need to see something in their community. Kids need to see that, hey, there's a reason for me to value what's going on. So um, we are new bird, come together. I love them as an organization. There's kickball league, maybe Easter egg hunt. Um, they go together like big um, concerts and stuff in the park. And it's really cool. They do backpack giveaways. So over the last couple of years, there's been a lot, a lot of community involvement in our city. And I definitely think that we are starting to see the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. So this summer, I can't wait to get along. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you, everybody out there, I need to stop through uh, Newburgh and have a good time. It seems like a real good place. Um, this is the Daily Build of Supreme Cipher. We're talking with Candace. Um, we want to, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys and the ladies that's here wanted to, you know, really, you know, you know, chime in with the fact of um. You know, are men and men and women equal in today's uh-huh. society? And so, I'm going to ask you to really chime in on this conversation that we had about you know, where where do you believe that men and women are equal in today's society? In today's honestly, we in, in society period, I just feel like women will never be equal to men, mm-hmm. and I feel like that only because. There's so many stipulations. There's so many. There's so many hurdles and things that we have to overcome, which means we're obviously being oppressed. And any and I feel like anything that's oppressed is obviously very strong. Because why fear it? I feel like females can never be equal to men because I just feel like we were just meant to be so much more greater. Not that men aren't great or anything, but I just feel like of all things that could be accomplished in the world with men running it, the world could be a better place. Is all I'm saying. Um, so I just feel like women need to just, like I said, understand that we just have a magic. We have a magic. We're, we're women. As a woman first, I think I just know that we're just great. As a black woman, I just know that we're just amazing. And I just wish we, if we, we just came together, we would just be, I don't know. I can't, I don't never want to be equal to a man because I'm just, one, I'm not a man. And two, there is really no reason to want to be equal. If they are, if every, the only, only way, I would say they can pay us the same. That would, that would be great. Like, that's still rude to me or whatever. But other than that, I mean, I want a man to open my door. Like, I, I don't mind chivalry and stuff like that. But as far as the power that we possess, I don't think that. I think we're, I think we're far more stronger and wiser. That's how I really feel. Okay. All right. Um, you know, when we, when we, when we speak about, um, you know, uh, you know, black women, uh, where do you think that black women are, are, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Jenny K? I'm looking for, uh, stereotypes. The way that a black man is stereotyped. No, I think most stereotypes for black men and black women are a little um, inaccurate. I feel like for black women, I feel like we're stigmatized as these broken women who have been disappointed and let down, and now we have no choice but to dwell in this cycle of repeated doomness. Like I feel like the way they project. Portray black women is is really drastic, 
Um, I feel like they use the situation and they manipulate the reasons why or what could have happened in the black community. And I feel like the re- what has happened in the black community has made black women and black men be in these certain situations today. And I feel like the media does a really good job at painting the picture like, oh, you know, black women is this and black men are that. They don't do a good job at being like, well, look, 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 let me tell you about the 300 years of enslavement, and then let me tell you about the Jim Crow era, and then let me tell you about the civil rights era, and then let me tell you about the crack epidemic era. I don't think they do that. So the the stigma of black, the stereotype of black women is just incorrect. It's definitely incorrect and and inaccurate. Same thing for men. Okay. All right. Well said. Well said. You know, we're here at the Sanctuary. This is the Daily Bill, and this is Supreme Cipher. And you know, um, we're winding down on our interview with Candace Nichols. And um, <clears throat> you know, to to sum it all up, um, you know, a, a while back I wrote I, I wrote a poem, um, you know, that stated, um, you know, they hate y'all too, when when it was coming to, you know, uh, you know, black women, you know, that thought that they. Uh, that they thought that they were better than, you know, uh, being with a black man. Um, now, I personally don't have nothing against interracial relationships. You know, you date who you want to date, you fall in love with who you want to fall in love with. But the problem that I have is that when our black women or our black men do date outside their race, they look down on their own people. Um, and we were having a big debate about that now you know I, w- I want you to chime in on that situation right there you know where do you stand with people that look down on their own people whether it's white people looking down on white people or you know Chinese people looking down on Chinese people or you know, black people looking down on black people how do you how does that make you feel as a human being to see that being done well to me, it depends because I know a lot of black because I know sometimes, you know, I might joke around like, you know, black we all have our black people jokes or whatever, but to really look down in, in a condescending manner, um, I, it depends. It definitely depends because if a white person was looking, if a white person who wasn't racist, right, was mm-hmm. looking down on their forefathers or whoever because they were racist, is that bad? Like, I mean... I really think it depends because I feel like just because we are one race, I feel like wrong is still wrong. Like, I think a lot of black men are like, you know, well, black women have attitudes and black women are that. No, a lot of black men really don't know how to treat a female, one. And two, I don't think black women have to put up with that just because the man is black. Like, I think three... A lot of black men really do have a lot of problems that they, first of all, men have a lot of problems that they do. I think men need to go see therapy. And I definitely think black men definitely need to seek out therapy and definitely need to see where a lot of their their rooted issues come from. Like, think about it. Why are there the, the percentage of black married couples in the United States is very, very low compared to a lot more of um, nationalities? And I think that is, that's, terrible one and two there's nothing in our media that's promoting black love and if there is if there is it's so highly celebrated because you see so much like i said of the stereotypical 
black men and black women out there. And that's, that goes back to systematic, systematic slavery as well. So in my mind, I feel like if black men really want black women to be down, then they need to turn their lives around and get it together. Black women do not have to settle for anything. Like, they don't, especially not if you're going to be keep getting locked up. If you if you're trying to find your passion and a white man's not letting you in, like that's why black women are more successful now than ever because we are tired of excuses. Nobody has talk for that. Like if you're gonna look down on your own nationality, then that's on you. But if if it's just because you're being rude and disrespectful, then that's definitely not helpful. But if if it's because they have given you a reason that you just they goes against your morals and your values, then that's you. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta separate if that's how you feel. Like I know if my my family was racist, I don't think I would want to be like, oh yeah, go you people. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's still like a, it's a right or it's right, wrong and wrong. Hold it down when you need to hold it down, but yo, get away when you need to get away. I can understand that. That's very well said. Very well said. Um, you know, we we coming to the we coming to the close of the interview here, ladies and gentlemen, and. uh and we want to talk about something that, you know, my viewers know that we talk about a lot. And we want to talk about what, you know, black love. Um, you know, we usually ask all our guests, you know, um, what their what their definition of black love is. And being that, you know, you're a writer and you're a poet, we're really expecting something real big here. So, you know, tell us, you know, what does black love mean to Candace? Black love. I think black love means, uh, it can be so much. I think it just means being comfortable enough with each other to see each other in our most vulnerable state, but also confident enough in ourselves and each other to know what we are capable of to build something great. That's what I think black love is. And then starting a family and then teaching them the same thing. So tradition, loyalty, commitment, and love. Very well said. Very well said. Um, this is the Daily Bell. We're here at the Sanctuary with Supreme Cipher. Um, first and foremost, we want to give a special, special thank you and shout out to Candace Nichols for even for chiming in with us today on the show. Um, great conversation. Um, you know, we're talking about a young lady here who has a bright future and that could really put her stamp on the world today. I'd like y'all to give it up for Candace Nichols. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. I'm still flattered. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's been an honor and it's been a pleasure to, to speak with you today. Now, when we... We spoke with a young lady today that was all about improving her community. Um, and we didn't even get into how old she is. Candace Nichols is 22 years old. She's a young and uprising star in the world today, and she's starting with her community. Maybe this is something that we need to start implanting in more of our young people today. Telling our young people that it's all about family and the community. Build up your own. Therefore, that you can go out and help someone else build theirs. Because it makes a lot more sense to just build your own to then go help 
than just to go help someone else and then try to come back and help. You looked at differently. Build your own first. And we're talking and we were talking to a young lady that honestly believes in that. She's a writer, she's a poet, she's a overall just a good person and a great creative director. She's into food, cooking, she's into a lot of different things. So it was an honor just to sit and build with this sister today. Though we share differences on certain opinions, we can agree on one thing, that it's all about the community, the community, your subculture, and where you live at, and the people that you deal with, the people that your mother dealt with, your father dealt with, your grandparents dealt with. That's what it's about. And when you've got good people like that in the world today, it makes it better for our children. And that, and she, is what the Daily Build is about. Thank you for chiming in, and have a great night. Peace.